Amen. Thank you, Alana. And it's Alana's sister who is in that gymnastics competition. And so God bless you and your family. Yes. Well, I hope you all had a wonderful week. And in case you're wondering why you were asked to put a name tag on when you came in, it's because for almost three years, we didn't get to see your beautiful faces. And now a lot of people need to put a name to a face and recognize. And so this is an opportunity for you to learn some new names. Because you know the people that we always say hi to, but we're too shy to ask them their name because it's been so long. <laughs> so this is your opportunity to get to know some new people and learn names. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, would you turn to Genesis chapter 21? Genesis chapter 21 tells us the story of Hagar and Ishmael, and you may be familiar with those two names. Genesis chapter 21, starting at verse 8. And if you are able to, would you please stand as we read God's word? Starting at verse 8, it says, When Isaac grew up and was about to be weaned, Abraham prepared a huge feast to celebrate the occasion. But Sarah saw Ishmael, the son of Abraham, and her Egyptian servant, Hagar, making fun of her son, Isaac. So she turned to Abraham and demanded, get rid of that slave woman and her son. He is not going to share in the inheritance with my son, Isaac. I won't have it. This upset Abraham very much because Ishmael was his son. But God told Abraham, do not be upset over the boy and your servant. Do whatever Sarah tells you, for Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. But I will also make a nation of the descendants of Hagar's son, because he is your son too. So Abraham got up early the next morning, prepared food and a container of water, and strapped them on Hagar's shoulders. Then he sent her away with their son, and she wandered aimlessly in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water was gone, she put the boy in the shade of a bush. Then she went and sat down by herself, about a hundred yards away. I don't want to watch the boy die, she said, as she burst into tears. But God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven, Hagar, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him, for I will make a great nation from his descendants. Then God opened Hagar's eyes, and she saw a, full, a well full of water. She quickly filled her water container and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy as he grew up in the wilderness. He became a skillful archer, and he settled in the wilderness of Paran. His mother arranged for him to marry a woman from the land of Egypt. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, for this time that we can be together and worship you. Father, we pray for your blessing upon your word. May you indeed move us, help us to open our eyes and to see your truth. And may your Holy Spirit stir up in us a desire to know you more and to be changed and transformed. And so we thank you and we commit this time into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Feel free to be seated. So recently, some of you know that my husband and I went on a trip to visit his family in Ireland. 
And this was the first time that I have been there because we got married during COVID and the, the time just didn't um, match up for us to visit. So this was my first trip. So before going, Park said, I'm going to tell you a, a few things to keep in mind because Ireland is a nice country, but it's different than Canada, okay? So I said, yeah, I, I understand that. So he said, you know, you have to understand, you know, we don't have as much variety in the food. He grew up eating meat and potatoes. I said, okay, that's not a problem, nothing weird, you know? He said, in, re in restaurants, tipping is not a thing there. I said, that's great, <laughs> right? That's great. <laughs> He said, also the language you might, um, you know, I understand from what he has said now, obviously, but he said, crisps mean chips and chips means fries. I said, okay, got it. And he said, and another thing, in the village that I grew up in, he, now he lived in the city, but he grew up in the village where his mom um, still lives and that's where we stayed. He said, the people, because it's a small-knit community, the people know everybody, and they know everybody's business. <laughs> so I said, okay, got it. And he says, and don't be surprised if they know who you are already. And I said, me? How would they know who I am, like your neighbors and community? He said, oh, my mom said that her friend's son looked you up on social media and knows a lot about you, and the community knows a lot. So I thought, wow, okay. Someone went through a lot of trouble <laughs> to find out about me. But here's the thing. You know, we can know a lot about people. We can know people, and people can know us. But the greatest one who we want to know and to be known by is God himself. And it's so wonderful to know that God knows us, that he knows everything about us. In the passage of scripture we just read about Hagar and Ishmael, we see that their journey started long before Isaac was even born. If you're not familiar with the story, I would encourage you to read it on your own. But just to briefly recap, Hagar and Sarah did not get along after uh, Sarah gave Hagar to, to be with her husband. There started to be tension, and from that moment, things just were never the same. Then Hagar became pregnant with Ishmael, and things got even worse. And she ended up running away and then coming back. And then we see Isaac is born, and in the passage we just read, not only was Ishmael, but Hagar as well, we're told, were making fun of Isaac. So, you know, they probably were a little jealous that he was the, the favorite, the chosen, the real one that should have been there in the beginning. And so we understand she wasn't all innocent in this. Hagar wasn't completely innocent, and there were things that she probably did that she shouldn't have done. But regardless, because God knows us, God knows everything that we've done. God knows what we have done. You see, my friends, there is nothing that we have done that surprises God because he knows everything about us. He knows the beginning to the end. That doesn't mean that he appreciates and approves of everything that we've done, but it means that he knows us. 
Some people may feel, you know, God would never love me because of what I have done, because of the things that I have done, the things that I've said, the, the people I have hurt, the actions, the sins. My friends, God already knows. He knows everything you've said. He knows everything that you have done. He knows every thought that you've ever had. And here's the beautiful thing. He still loves us. He knows every single thing about us. You know, when people have known us for a long time, there is a tendency, even if we're not the same person that we used to be, for people to think of us like that. Because that's how they've known. Oh, you know, you used to always go to the club or the bar or this or that. And even though you're not that same person, people still look at you as the old you. But the good thing is when we are in Christ, when we have come before God and asked him to forgive us, he makes us new. We are a new creation. And the Bible says that he does not hold our sins against us or treat us as we deserve. He treats us like a son or daughter. He loves us and he knows us. He loves you so much. He loves me so much. He loves our world so much. He is the one who will leave the 99 to go after the one because he sees you as valuable. Friends, God knows you. He knows everything about you, and he knows what you have done. And when we come before him and confess our sins, he makes us a new creation. After Isaac was born... Sarah no longer wanted Hagar around. It just came to the point where it was enough. She didn't want her around or her son, and so she demanded that Abraham send them away. And so we see that he sends, sends them away. God confirms that it's okay. And um, she's wandering aimlessly in the wilderness. And finally, it comes to the point where they run out of water. And she figures, this is the end. We're going to both die. She puts her child over there to sit down because she just can't stomach watching him, you know, dehydrate and then starve and die eventually. But here's the thing that God says in verse 17. It says, but God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven. You see, God knew exactly what was happening with them. God knew exactly what they were going through. And similarly, because God knows us, God knows what you're going through. God knows what you are experiencing in your life, what is taking place right now, what you're going through. God knows the pain, the hurt, and the sorrow you're carrying and that you're faced with. God knows the loneliness that you feel inside. God knows the things that you are battling because nobody else knows and you're too ashamed to tell anyone else. God knows the worry and the anxiety that you have. God knows the prayers that you have been praying over and over and over again. God knows the healing that you desperately need. He knows the job situation that you're in. He knows the financial situation that you find yourself in. He knows the blessing that you're waiting on, God knows what you need. He knows what you're going through. And sometimes we feel when we're going through something, nobody understands. Nobody knows what my family is going through. Nobody knows that I, I have sleepless nights because I'm worried about this. Nobody, 
knows those things, but know that God knows. And not only does he know, but he cares as well. He not only heard the voice crying, but he called to Hagar from heaven because he was concerned about what was happening with them. God cares about us. And when you are going through difficult times, and maybe right now is a difficult season in your life, remind yourself, remind yourself of God's promises. Remind yourself that God, you are still good. That God, you are still my healer. God, you are my provider. God, you are my helper. God, you are that friend that sticks closer than a brother. God, you are all that I need and more. God knows what you are going through, my friends. Remind yourself of that. Remind yourself that he is still close and his promise that we can hold true to because God's word is true and we can take it to the bank and draw interest on it. He says that my word will not return void. And so if he has promised something, it's going to happen. And we can hold him to it. And we can say, God, you promised this is going to happen. God, you are the same one who did this. You did that for that person. And you will do it again. We will see victory. We need to fill our mind not only with God's promises, but with his word. Reading it daily. Meditating on it day and night. And I was reminded this week as uh, I was talking to someone about meditation, and they said, oh, they practice meditation, clearing their mind. And I said, wait a second here. <laughs> we need to understand that, yes, we are to meditate, but we're to meditate the right way. And meditation, according to the Word of God, is not clearing your mind of everything, but it's about filling your mind with the Word of God. And so fill your mind with the word of God. Memorize scripture. Write them down. Have them in a place you can see them. Because I'm going to tell you this. If we don't fill our mind with the word of God, then the devil will fill it with lies. And it is important that we fill ourselves with the word of God and we continue to claim those promises. Amen. So if God knows everything... That means that not only does he know what you're going through, but he also knows what you will do. So we talked about the fact that God knows what we've done, God knows what we're going through, but God also knows your future and what you will do. Even though we're going through a difficult time, God assured Hagar and he assures us that it will not last that it will not be forever. You see, he had a great future in store for Hagar and for Ishmael. He tells them the promises that he will make him a great nation, that he will bless him as well, that he, this is not the end. And my friends, I want to encourage you that even right now, as you may be in the wilderness season like Hagar and Ishmael, you may sit under that tree and think, this is it. There's nowhere to go from here. Remember that God's plans are to prosper us and not to harm us, but plans to give us hope and a future. And as a child of the king, be assured that your daddy will not leave you. He will hold you close, and we need to draw close to him. God knows where 
you will go. God knows who you will marry. God knows what job you will have. God knows what opportunities will come your way. God knows what your kids will be like. He knows what your future holds. He knows what school you will go to. He knows where you will live and what friends you will have. You see, my friends, God knows our future. He knows beginning to end. But even though God knows that, he doesn't interfere with the choices that we make. He gives us free will to choose. He just knows the choices we're already going to make. And it is important that we choose things that are pleasing to God, things that honor him and glorify him. Because when we put God's first and we put his business first, the Bible says everything else will be added onto you when we put God's business first. There is no need to worry, but to trust him completely. Hagar and Ishmael needed to learn to trust God, even in the midst of their wilderness situation. And we can have confidence in trusting God. We can have confidence in trusting God because not only does God know us, but he calls us by name. He called Hagar by name, and he said in verse 17, Hagar, what's wrong? Hagar, what's wrong? And understand this, Hagar did not serve him. She did not recognize him as her God because that was Abraham's God. She was an Egyptian servant. And so she was not familiar and worshiping this God and practicing the ways of this God. But yet God came and called her by name. You see, God is not here for only some, but he's here for all. And he gives us all the ability to draw close to him and to come into relationship with him. And he calls us by our name. My friends, understand how beautiful this is, that even before we came into being, even before we were created, that God knew us that God knew us. His word says in Jeremiah 1.5, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God knows us. He knows us so well. In Psalm 139, it says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, know it completely. You see, God knows us so well, and he knows us by name. He knows us. Many times we see in the Bible that uh, people would name their child or give a name based on the situation that was happening, based on what it was that they were going through. For example, in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9, it says, There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. So he was named after pain and sorrow. Then in 1 Samuel chapter 1, uh, the last part of 19 into 20, it says, When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. 
and Samuel means God has heard. Abraham and Sarah, as we know, had a son that they waited many, many years for, and his name, they named him Isaac, meaning laughter, because they laughed. They, she didn't believe that this was going to happen. You see, names were often given based on the situation, based on what was happening, and names are important because they carry meaning. Did you know that? They carry meaning, and so names are important in the meanings that they carry. And in fact, when you call someone by name, whether their legal name or another name or uh, something about them, you are in a sense putting a label on them and saying that is who they are. And so it's very important that the names that we give, the names that we say to people, the names that we call ourselves are good. Follow me on this. Follow me on this. Let me explain. The Bible teaches us that our words are powerful, right? Our words are powerful. There is the power of life and death on the tongue. And so when we speak, our words carry power. Our words have the ability to bless, and they also have the ability to curse. And so if our words are so powerful, then that means that when we speak, whether in sentence or call someone by name, we are speaking into that person's life. And when we speak and we call someone by something, we are in a sense speaking that not only over them, but into them as well. And we must be careful because there are many times where not only do we call ourselves names, like I'm stupid, I'm so dumb, uh, you know, I messed up, I shouldn't have done that, but we say it to our family members, we say it to our friends, and our words are powerful. And it is important that we watch what we say and we watch how we speak over someone's life. Watch how we speak, because whether intentionally or unintentionally, joking or serious, our words carry weight, and they're powerful. And so we need to be careful how we speak and how we allow others to speak to us. And so when someone says something that is not in alignment with the word of God or is not who I know I am, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus because that is not for me. And we're going a little deeper. So I'm not sure some of you are ready for this, but we're going. It is important because our words are powerful that we not only speak truth, but we speak over our own lives. And by speaking over our own lives, the best thing to speak is the word of God. And I have learned over the years that when I pray, even when I don't know what to pray, I pray the word of God over myself. And I declare that. And listen, I'm not telling you this because I'm more spiritual. I'm not. I need God more than any of you do. But I have learned to trust him more and more because the closer I get to him, the more I understand how much I need him. And I speak the word of God and I declare, Lord, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I declare, Lord, you have said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. God, I declare your healing. I declare your blessing. I declare your word because your word is truth and I speak it over my life. And it is important that we do that. 
and every word that has been spoken against you, my prayer for you is that the blood of Jesus would block it, that does not belong, that it would fall null and void, that it would not come near your tent, but it would be returned to its sender. Our prayer over our lives are important. And that's why it is important that you are careful with who you allow to pray for you, lay hands on you, prophesy, speak over your life. Make sure you know who they are. Make sure you understand that they have a relationship with God. It is important. Remind yourself, I am a child of the King. I am forgiven. I am saved. I am no longer the old self, but I am a new creation. Remind yourself of that. God knows us perfectly. He knows us completely. And oftentimes, he will call us by name to get our attention. A few examples in Exodus 3. He says, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, here I am. He wanted to get Moses' attention. In Genesis 22, verse 11, he said, Abraham, Abraham, do not lay a hand on the boy when he was trying to get Abraham's attention. In Acts 9, he says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? You see, there are times where God calls us, where he tries to get our attention because he wants to tell us something specifically, because he wants to teach us something, because he wants to help lead us and understand. And my question to you today to think about is, has God been trying to get your attention? Has God been trying to speak to you about something in your life? Whether that's calling you to a specific ministry or designation, calling you to do something or carry out a specific task. Maybe he's calling you to help someone or to be a blessing to someone who is in need. Is God trying to get your attention? Think about that. My niece Elizabeth, she was on the stage earlier. She's four. One of the things that I love is when I get to see her, which I don't as often as I'd like to, but when I see her and she sees me, she gets so excited that because she knows the fun aunt is here, right? And Auntie Lisa is going to pick her up and throw her around and give her what she wants. And, you know, one of the benefits of being an auntie, right? And, and it's just that excitement that she starts jumping and shaking and getting excited. And it's such a beautiful excitement because I know that she loves me. But even more, I'm excited because she is excited to see me. You know what I mean? And I just love her so much. And I, I just want to lavish that love on her and, you know, give her what she wants and keep her safe and whatnot. And it's a beautiful picture of how God knows us and how God loves us, and how, you know, we can get excited about spending time with God, but he is the one who is more excited. He, he, his thoughts towards us outnumber the sand on the seashore. He constantly wants to be in relationship with us, in communion with us, because he loves us so much. And if God loves us so much, and he knows us, and he calls us by name, how amazing is that to know? In Exodus 33, verse 17, the Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you, and I know you by name. In Isaiah 43, verse 1, but now this is what the Lord says, 
He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you or called you by name. You are mine. God knows us so much. And I quickly just want to share the story with you, and I did get permission. And I'm sharing this with you not to give praise to myself because all praise is to God. But recently, I was praying with someone for deliverance who was, you know, experiencing uh, a lot of things in their life, and, and it was a spiritual issue. And so we were praying, and I just felt, you know, I need to keep my eyes open to make sure that, you know, this person is okay as we're praying. And as, as we're praying, and again, I'm not going to tell you to go into too much detail, but this person began to manifest, And what that means is that the demonic spirit within this person that I was praying with revealed itself. Now, I understand this is very scary for some of you, and and I've experienced it before, so it wasn't my first time. But as I was praying, this demonic spirit manifested itself. And they were actually laying on the ground with their eyes rolled back, looking at me backwards, and I was standing behind. And as I looked at this person... And as I looked into their eyes that had completely changed, I knew that I was staring evil in the face. And in that split moment, fear came over me. But I reminded myself as I looked evil into the eyes, I said, I am a child of God. And it is nothing that I can do in my own strength, in my own power, but I plead the blood of Jesus. I call on the name of Jesus because the name of Jesus is the name that is higher, that is greater, that is more powerful. And one of the the most amazing ways that I have ever seen is the name of Jesus freeing someone from bondage. You see, my friends, when we talk about the name of Jesus, it's not just because he was some guy, but because his name is power, because of the authority in the name of Jesus. That's why we are to keep it holy. That's why we are to call upon his name. And as I saw that and I was reflecting on that, I thought, God, you are so powerful. You are so amazing that even by your name, demons have to submit that all power and authority is under you. And I am a child of God. And I was thinking to myself, if God's name and God's power and authority can do that, then you better believe I'm going to stay close to that God. I'm going to cover myself day by day with the armor of God. I'm going to call on him because that is the only protection that we have. My friends, Things, objects, people cannot save you. They cannot protect you. It is only the name of Jesus that can save us. There is something about that name, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he calls us his own. God knows us. My question to you is, do you know him? Do you have a relationship with that God? Do you have a relationship with him? Because he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to. And all we have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. 
repent of our sins, acknowledge who he is, trust in him. That is what he asks, and we will be saved. We can be sure of that, that he knows everything about us. The songwriter says, he knows my name. He knows my every thought. He knows each tear that falls, and he hears me when I call. No matter what you are going through, no matter what your family is going through, be certain that God knows. He knows what you have done. He knows what you're going through. He knows what will happen to you. But more importantly, he knows you by name. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your power and your authority. And we know, God, that it's not by anything I have done or anything that we have done, but simply because you are good, you are perfect, you are mighty, you are sovereign, you are majestic, you are all of those things. And so, God, we worship you and we thank you that you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who created and sustains and holds the universe in place, knows us and loves us. And so, God, we pray that you would help us. You would help us to deal with the things that we're going through. You would help us to deal with the fears and the doubts. You would help us with our situation, with our family. You would help us in our life decisions. You would help bring healing and restoration and provision. Father, have your way in our life. We trust you because even before time began, you knew us, oh Lord, and you love us. And so we commit ourselves into your hands and we pray that your Holy Spirit would lead us, that you would move, that you would help us, God, that your power, that your authority, that your might would be displayed in our lives in mighty ways, that you would cover us with your blood and remind us of who we are because you have called us your own and you have given us the right to be called the child of God. And so, Father, we pray that you would cover us and that you would help us. Bless your people, Lord. Bless each one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand? And as we sing this closing song, I believe that some of you this morning need to come forward and say, God, you know me. Nothing is hidden from your eyes. You know what I'm going through. You know the struggles that I'm facing. You know my family situation. You know my health situation. God, you know me. You see every tear that falls. You hear every prayer I pray. And God, I'm trusting you because you are good all the time. And so as we sing, you feel free to come and pray.